Hello, patrons, and welcome to episode 17 of Minis and Movies. I am, of course, John Spencer. I am your host for this portion. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining me here, and I want to thank you all for supporting the uh, main podcast, More Than Dice, with myself, Gonzo, and Kathy. Uh, we do appreciate uh, all your support, and this is sort of my giving back. So, uh, that being said, if you ever have any ideas for topics you want me to cover, movies you want me to watch, anything like that, hit me up. Easiest is Twitter or Facebook. Twitter is at John O. Spencer. Cunning, I know. Uh, Facebook, John Oakland Spencer, that's even more cunning, and if you do want to email me, you can either do more than dice, or you can hit me up at uh, John Oakland Spencer at yahoo.com. Again, super cunning. Well, tonight I'm going to throw a curveball, because our Armada campaign has been derailed uh, by life and such, so I can't talk about that, because it's not going on. So I'm going to talk about uh, new versus old, uh, a couple different things about that for... Uh, models and games and such. And I'm also doing a little thing on painting and paint schemes. A little bit there, taste. Then I'm going to cover our movie, Logan Lucky, which was a joy to watch, honestly. Uh, the highest praise I can say is I feel like I've been doing something illegal, even though I've just been sitting at home watching TV after a full day of work. So, hey, join me. I'm uh, drinking some Dr. Pepper mix with uh, Cannon Blast, Captain Morgan's Cannon Blast. So, uh, we're on. Mmm, tasty. Went a little lighter on the Cannon Blast this time, just in case. I think it was a good call, just a good mix. I do uh, prefer that cherry whiskey instead. I'll be getting some of that more of that soon. But anyways, let's start with uh, new versus old. Um, I want to thank uh, Congo the Drummagun for this idea. He wanted to talk about new versus old. You know, metal and plastic models and such. And even going to touch a little bit on games as well. Because we've seen... A resurgence of old games, and they're not doing as well as I would have thought they would. So uh, I want to throw a couple thoughts on that. Uh, so let's start. Let's start with the model end and save that uh, little conjecture at the end. New versus old. Everyone talks about oh the old days were so good, and have fond memories like oh I remember when your Space Marines were all multi-part. I'm like yeah I remember that, and I also remember before that when your Space Marines were metal torsos with crappy plastic arms. So keep that in mind. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of, a lot of headway made in the quality of miniatures for every company in the past decade, let's say. Let's just say decade. Uh, all of them. GW's taken their game up. Their models are awesome. They're not as multi-part, not as poseable, not as easily convertible as they used to be, but that just makes them better models inherently. You have poses that are a little more interesting. It's not just all, you know, oh, Space Marine, put his arms on, pays his arms a little bit, maybe give him a little slightly different thing, and put his shoulder pads on, backpack, Bob's your uncle. Now, they're a little more uh, inherently having a pose, which does make them out of the gate for the average gamer a lot more interesting, and that is good. Because those of us veterans who want to convert can convert the hell out of models anyways. It doesn't stop us. We'll cut and pin and bend and whatever. I mean, good lord. A good pin and some green stuff will do you a wonder when you're converting models. And since GW uses almost entirely plastics nowadays, it's so easy to play with. So, that's kind of cool. Uh, I like how that's going. I mean, you look at uh, Malifaux's models, they're getting better. They're still fiddly as fuck, and I occasionally go, oh, nope, those parts aren't going on because they broke, but they're just so much better than those metal models used to be. And their metal models were good for the time, but man... New plastics just just above and beyond. Uh, Infinity, their metal's just gotten better. I've looked at my old models. 
they're getting away from that cartoony anime look, and they look a good mix of, like, realistic anime, and it's very cool. They've worked out a lot of problems, so it's harder to put together a model wrong. They've got, like, triangles for some arms and squares for others, so you know how they're going to go. You know exactly how they notch. Makes those three-point joints way easier when you know how they're going to fit. And it's just been great. Uh, and not kind of the elephant in the room, that's Privateer Press. And I even have to say, their models have gotten a lot better. Unfortunately, they're still using Restic for some of their stuff, and Restic is unfortunately just an absolute shit material and should not be used for anything other than cheapest models. Like, if a company comes out and they're like, we're going to make a super cheap game and it's all going to be this and it's all Restic, I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, that's, that's your selling point. Your selling point is making a cheap game, sure. But for regular models, no. I mean, I'm glad that their big stuff, their... Uh, They've sort of tightened the reins on with their uh, Black Anchor Heavy Industries for all their big stuff. That's very cool. It means you're going to get very good quality because, honestly, they're limited release stuff. I'm still on Mini Crate, even though I haven't played War Machine Horrors but one time this year, and it's fucking June. I still get that stuff, and the quality of those models has been great. Even, I mean, obviously, you've got, oh, look, almost no flash on the metal, which is great. The resin is resin resin. Almost no mold lines, no air bubbles. Obviously, there's a part where it come, has to be pulled out of the uh, mold. And that usually cleans up pretty well. It's on a large area. Since they control that entirely, they can do great things with that. And that is amazing. I'll be honest, I really wish they did uh, a Malifaux-level game as far as models, because they could make just absolutely top-notch models and compete. But since they're sort of in that halfway between, uh, let's say, a Malifaux-Infinity type of skirmish and a Warhammer 40k straight-up mass army battle, uh, they, they're, they're doing okay for that. It's just uh, tough. So, models in general are in a great place. I mean, if you look at lesser companies that come out, they usually come out with some great models. People are always impressed with the models coming out with so many different companies nowadays. I mean, even just out of nowhere, Kickstarter guys are coming out with great models, and it's a great time to be, so... We can all look back on the olden days like, oh, it was so good back in the day. And some things were. Not going to lie. The posability of GW's early plastics. You know, that sort of multi-part space marine up to about, uh, well, you see, that was kind of golden age. Some of those models just aren't that good when you think about them. They were posable, but they didn't work very well. Let's go, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reminisce a little bit here. We're going to talk about models probably entirely. I may not actually get to talk about Necromunda at all, but uh, we'll see what time I have left at the end. And, I mean, we remember those as golden days, and this is sort of a rant about nostalgia, but they're not really. Think about the fantasy days. Oh, they had plastic regiments for everything. I'm like, yeah, but they were shit. I can't tell you. Like, high elf spearmen just looked off. They were posed wrong. Their hands were too big. And you can get away with goblin hands being too big because he's a goblin. But elves like humans sort of dainty hands. His hands are too big. I went out of my way to find old single part, well, two part technique because you put their shield on. But the old uh, easy to put together plastic and metal spearmen just because they looked better than the plastics, the multi part plastics they put out. I didn't want to use those multi part plastics because they were kind of not very good. Um, the Chaos Warriors, I mean, the original ones were <laughs> hunched over, you know, plugged the head in, it's like they got no neck. They're sort of squunched down, almost like sort of a mutant race. Uh, and then the ones that came afterwards were super solid models, but they had no variety. And to punch nostalgia in the dick once again, I think that's part of the reason why fantasy went away. Because they had some cool models, but they didn't have enough variety to make it interesting. 
And now, since it's all skirmishy, it doesn't matter if you make your models super huge. You can go all PP, scorn, you know, uh, war beasts, and have the shit hanging off everywhere, because it doesn't really matter as much. It's not, not as big of a deal, and that's cool. It's, it's a great time to be a miniature, you know, hobbyist. Um, it's a great time to be a miniature gamer in general, but hobbyists in particular, because those models are so good. I mean, we can remember back to the old days. The, the only things I kind of miss are the old multi-part space marines. Because there are just so many options with them. But there's so many kits out now, and it's kind of insidious. You can make whatever you want. You just gotta buy the right kits to go together. Because, like, I'm putting together some Death Watch. It's no, uh, no secret that I've been doing a little bit of uh, 40k here. And doing some Death Watch. I traded for some, and then I've supplemented with some purchases. And uh, looking, I'm like, I want some certain weapons. I'm like, oh, I'll just buy a Vanguard Veteran box. Do I need more Jump Pack guys? Can't hurt. But the weapons are good, so, I mean, it's a good value. But it is an insidious way for them to make you spend more money. But the average person may not care. I mean, if the average person wants to put together his death watch, it boom, boom, done, we'll go. I've been looking online for third-party stuff, and that's something maybe we didn't always look at so much back. I mean, but I worked for Games Workshop for so long, I couldn't, because playing in the store, uh, let's just say it's frowned upon in that establishment. So, uh, a lot of good stuff out there, um, like, keep your nostalgia, yeah, the good old days, they were kind of good, but models ain't never been better, so, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's good to see what's coming out, and I'm, I'm happy, ho hopeful to see what comes out with other stuff. I've still got, uh, Relic Knights 2.0 on the way, uh, they did Restic, their models just weren't that great, their big models were really good, their frontline troopers were mediocre, and kind of hurt them a little bit. Uh, but looking forward to see what they do with that. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's a ton of games coming out. I mean, I keep track of uh, a whole bunch of games. Uh, Trevor the Great guy has his game, uh, Breachstorm, coming out. Can't wait to see some good model uh, pictures for that, see what they look like. Cause always interested. I mean, someone one of these days, someone's going to make the next big game. Um, because it's right there. We know what it takes. I can tell you what it takes. It takes, in no particular order medium model count. You can't go Malifaux, because people want more models than that. They want a little more going on. But you can't go all the way up to what more War Machine kind of gets to. They get just unwieldy enough, which is unfortunate, you know? That, uh, I think you want sort of an infinity level, that maybe 20 models maximum, unless you're playing an Ariadna or some other spam, in which case you're getting 30, but I mean, War Machine tends to get up in that area too, so it's, it's a little high. You want that uh, mid to high teens to, you know, let's say 15 to 25 models is, is a sweet spot. And this is all my opinion, but I feel with, uh, you know, 30 years of, uh, 30 plus years of gaming experience, I can, I can talk pretty accurately about this. They want alternating activations because there's nothing as annoying as sitting in your opponent's turn doing nothing. 40k alleviates a little bit with making saving throws. That's why it's still in the game, I'm certain. Uh, the new uh, command points with things you can do makes it a little more interesting. Um, they added little bits here or there to, to try and keep you doing something. Uh, like the assault phase sort of sort of alternating. I think they should go to full alternating, but hey, you know, that's my opinion. But alternating activations is where it's at. You have to have scenario-based play, and it's got to be in the book. Um, and you've got to be able to win the game when all your shit's dead. You know, fair play to... War Machine for having the best comeback mechanic of any game. 
Like, hands down. There's no question. Because you kill that one caster model, you win. But that gives you a good comeback mechanic, but it is off-putting. It's not ideal. It works for that game, but I don't think that's ideal for a game. Uh, then you need solid terrain rules. Terrain's got to do something but not be overpowering. You want a fair amount of terrain to look cool. It's got to be able to be usable with uh, 3D terrain. You can't... Two, 2D terrain always works when you can use 3D, but you want 3D. And then you need some shit-hot models, and you need your overall model quantity to be pretty solid, and you can't use Restic. You get all those things together, um, You and you, if you hit the right... You know, time and everything. You're you're gonna make the next great game, and it's gonna be big. If you can if you can get and if you can capture that casual plus tournament that War Machine just hit right in Mark Two, that has not that hasn't kept up with Mark Three, unfortunately. That right level where your scenarios are both oh excuse me hmm, are both casual friendly and tournament viable. Hmm. That's the sweet spot. You hit those things, you make the next big game, and it'll be cool. But anyways, that's sort of nostalgia. Um, uh, talk about models and all. Um, don't talk about Necromunda. I'll talk about that another time. Um, see what I think. Uh, the second part of uh, minis in this, <laughs> and apologies if everybody's a scattershot, I've been thrown off by uh, I'm moving and no Armada campaign to fill time. I actually have to come up with topics. Good lord, that's crazy stuff is a painting topic, and the painting topic is uh, what to paint your models. And I'll tell you how it came about. Standing in the store, looking at GW stuff a little bit, me and Not Brushhead Dave, and I'm and he's looking at the Custodes. He's like, yeah, they're cool, but I don't want to paint that much gold. I give him that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio side-eyed stare a little bit, squinty-eyed looking at him like in the meme. I go... You know you can paint them however the hell you want. And he sure shrugs and walks off. But it's a serious thing. You all know you can paint your models whatever you want. Your Grey Knights don't have to be silver or metallic. They can be whatever color you want. Your Death Watch don't have to be black with the silver shoulder pad. You can paint them however you want. And I may jest. I've been thinking of a very dark blue with uh, the metallic shoulder pad, or maybe a gold shoulder pad. We'll see how I feel. I think the gold would look legit as shit, and I might just paint them a dark blue, because I like blue. But your ultramarines don't have to be blue. Your, even though ultramarine is blue, but that's funny. Your dark angels don't have to be green. Your space wolves don't have to be space wolf powder blue-gray. You can paint your models however the fuck you want, because they're your models. Don't feel like you've got to paint something a certain color because that's the color on the box. Fuck's sake, put your model together, take that box, fucking chuck it. Then go online, get inspiration from anything, anything. You want your goblins to be pink? Boom, your problems, goblins can be pink. It's okay. If, if you're like uh, uh, other Dave at the local store where his orcs show no, no green, he doesn't paint any green on them at all. Well, hats off to him. That's awesome. That's cool. You can do that. Um, one of the old uh, GW painting books I have up on my shelf, uh, they got uh, uh, Joe Sloboda, who is an old uh, GW IT guy, actually, but a hell of a painter and a good hobbyist and a cool dude, even if he does root for the Pittsburgh Steelers. No one's perfect. And he painted up goblins for that that were uh, were different. Oh, no, it wasn't. I think, I think it was him. That were works for that. They were a different color. They weren't necessarily green. They were just done differently. But that's a cool thing you can do. 
you're not stuck by what it is. If you <laughs> you hate painting flush, you want all your guys to be dark skinned, be dark skinned, I don't care. You want all to be Indian tone, be Indian tone. Fuck, it's your models, it doesn't matter. Doesn't your elves don't have to be light skinned, they don't have to be pale, they can be normal colors. I mean just do what you want, they're your models. At the end of the day, as long as you like what your models look like, thumbs up, you have succeeded. You want your, your warp wolves to be puce and chartreuse? Fucking go for it, dude. And on the other end, if someone paints models, don't paint shit. Don't be like, oh, that's an interesting color choice. It may not be what you chose, but as long as they like it, who cares? They put the time and effort into painting their models how they like them. They're the only ones who have to like it. They took the effort to paint models to play a game with you. Thumbs up. Don't paint shame them. Give them whatever encouragement you can. But, you know, remember to ask. This is a good note my buddy uh, Beware the Jason uh, says. And he asks him to ask for opinion about a model. He's like, do you want my opinion or do you want me to critique it? Because they're different things. Opinions, when you're like, okay, cool, you know, interesting color choice, you know, whatever. I like what you did here. Then you throw some minor things. Critique is when they rip it apart and tell you what you did wrong and how you can do it better. Just be ready for what you're asking for and that. But don't paint shame, you know. It, it's like criticism, but do constructive. Like, well, you know, I kind of like the chartreuse there, but I think it'd work better with this color rather than the, the puce you were, you were going with. I think they'll match better together. I mean, throw some constructive criticism at them. It's cool. But don't paint shame them. They painted their models. And don't ever, ever, ever feel like you have to paint a model any color. You don't. It's whatever color you want. Even if you're painting, you know, Night Models, new Batman, and you know, new Batman gang... Batman, what color you want your Batman? Doesn't matter. He's your Batman, whatever color you fucking want. And if your guy said, that's not Batman, I'm like he's fucking Batman. Boom, bat ears, belt, stats, suck it. Don't let them tell you how to paint your models. Don't let them force you to paint your models away. Paint them how you want, how you like, and who cares what they think. Let's be honest, they're your models. As long as you like them, it's all good. Don't don't focus on other people's praise. To make you happy with your models painted. Your praise. I want you to look at the table, look down and go, I got a fully painted army and I like the way it looks. That's all I ever care about. That's what I want to hear from somebody. They don't have to be models I would paint that way. Fuck me. The fuck do I know? It's not my models. Your models. Paint them how you want. There you go. You got a little mini rant and paint. So, uh, Ron. All right. Um, I'll try and be less ranty for the movie, movie part. When we talk about Logan Lucky, which was, uh, uh, suggested to me by my buddy Morton Joe. Uh, he said I would really enjoy it, and uh, hell if I didn't, it was very enjoyable. Starts a little slow, and you kind of forget where, it, where it's going. Um, took me a bit, a bit to realize who the director was, but it's Steven, Steven Soderbergh, who gets great performances out of every actor he puts in there, and uh, he's got a hell of a crew with this one. So... The big actors he has on this are uh, Channing Tatum, who just puts a great performance out. Adam Driver, who puts a better performance out. Um, you've got uh, Katie Holmes doing well. Dwight Yoakam's kind of funny. Sebastian Stan in it. Hilary Swank. Daniel Craig is great in it. They, Everyone puts in a good, good performance with this. Very enjoyable. I'll be honest... It starts off a little weird, you're not sure what it's going to be. It seems like it's going to be one of those down-and-out, redneck movies. And then it becomes, basically, I'll, I'm going to call it Redneck Ocean's Eleven, or as they note in the movie, Ocean's 7-Eleven. 
which just sort of fits too. Uh, very enjoyable. I don't want to give a spoiler away, but it does pull some very good Oceans bits there. Doesn't end the way you think it does. Um, man, just very enjoyable. Great, like I said, great, great uh, performances from all the people in it. Uh, it's free on Amazon Prime, as most things I'm looking at right now are right now. It's awesome. Uh, I enjoyed the crap out of it. Like I said, it's a little slow, but you'll be okay. Don't worry about it. You'll get through it, and you'll enjoy the whole thing. It was super fun. Like I said, the highest praise I can give to a heist movie is you feel a little guilty afterwards. I mean, I stopped it halfway through uh, because I had to go do some stuff real quick. Uh, and as I walk downstairs, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm doing something illegal, but man, I ain't done any, any shit. I, I, you know, I, I'm on the up and up. I ain't doing anything wrong. But the movie makes you feel that way, how invested you get in it. So uh, uh, I did enjoy it. I can't give you too much review without spoiling it. So uh, tell you what, I'm going to tell you what next, next week's movie is. Thank you for listening. And then uh, I'll give you some spoiler time. And then uh, you can listen or not at your at your at your uh, warning, at your own discretion. Uh, so next week we're going to do Star Trek, the 2009 one, since it's on Amazon Prime for free. And I enjoy watching good movies rather than the shit I've been watching regularly uh, on random. So we'll watch Star Trek. Uh, again, thank you all for listening. Uh, uh, I do appreciate uh, you guys continuing to support the podcast, Morton Dice and everything. Uh, and again, as usual, if you have any ideas, hit me up. Um, always willing. I might start throwing ideas out early, like throwing like, oh, I'm going to next week I'm going to record, you know, hit me some some ideas. So follow me on Twitter at John O. Spencer. Best way to find that or Facebook. I friend everyone who seems to be related to Wargaming because that's cool. That's what Facebook's for. Get to know more people and everything. So next week, some random minis topic, and then Star Trek 2009 uh, signing out. Uh, except unless you want to listen to spoilers. So uh, we're on. Okay, so there's not going to be a pause. I'm going to talk through this whole thing because I truncate silence. So if I don't talk, it's just going to be, you know, no silence. It'll go right to it. So this is your spoiler warning. This is still a spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. After the next run, you're going to get spoilers for Logan Lucky. And uh, I don't want to ruin the movie for you, so run. All right, spoiler time. Man, <laughs> I, I love the way this movie ends. It ends like you feel like they lost and like, oh, they gave the money back. What the hell's going on? And then they get the reveal at the end end that uh, he actually, they actually hid money away and everything. Uh, and and was able to give everyone money. Everyone they fucked over through it. I mean, that's very oceans. The woman they had to crash into her car, and you know the cake thing. They gave her money. Uh, is super super cool. I like that ending. It's a very good feel good ending. Um, um, ah, just great. Um, <laughs> fucking Daniel Craig is great. The the fucking prison riot. Where they're demanding copies of a Game of Thrones books that haven't come out to stop the damn riot is fucking amazing. That whole part is great. Uh, I love how the Neiman, the uh, the one guy who helps him out in the in prison, when he gets out. There's a there's a <laughs> limo and a bag of money waiting for him too. It's a great feel good ending to this movie. It's just 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 rocks. Um, I can't. 
I really thought about partway through, I'm like, eh, this is going to be an okay movie. It's not going to be for me so much. No, no, this movie was good. Uh, Daniel Craig is great in it. Uh, you know, Chan- Channing Tatum's awesome. And Adam Driver's fucking amazing. I mean, like I said, I don't feel like anyone did a bad job in this movie. This is... I mean, it's Steven Soderbergh. He just does what he wants and makes good movies. I can look at his filmography and just go, oh, look, great, great movies. Um, good Lord, yeah. And he, and, and he takes... He takes people and gets great, uh, great, uh, blah, sorry, great performances out of him, because he did all three of the original Ocean's movies, which were all good. Uh, Twelve, the worst of it, but still pretty good. Uh, Magic Mike, by all by all uh, notes, is good. Out of Sight is one of the ones I want to see. I hear it's good, but literally, uh, based on let's say Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Ocean's Twelve is his worst movie that has a. 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, a 58 on Metacritic, and a 58 on Metacritic is actually pretty good. Uh, a B minus grade on Cinema Cinema Score. So I mean, he's a good he's a good director. I mean, let's be honest, he makes good movies, gets good performances. Uh, really enjoy him. I'm really impressed at how Channing Tatum has become a really good actor. Like the first couple times I saw him, like, oh, you know, GI Joe, you're like this guy, he's. He's not bad. He's got some charisma, but I don't know if he's going to make it. And then you just fucking keep seeing him and stuff and stuff. And you're like, yeah, not sure, not sure. And then suddenly I saw him in a movie with the MMA star. What the hell is it called? Shit, give me a second. I'm going to have to find it. Uh, see, look, you got lots of extra content for waiting and staying after. I apologize for everyone who left uh, and had can't hear me apologize. But anyways, uh, so I'm just going to sit here and find this. Um, what was the name of that damn movie? Haywire. Haywire with, uh, the MMA star, uh, Gina Carino, which was a very good movie, and he did a good performance in that. It's not a long performance, but he did a really good performance, and then just from there, he's just, from there, he's, you're talking 21 Jump Street, Magic Mike, uh, J.J. Retaliation, which he was actually good in, White House Down, that's not his fault, it was enjoyable. Uh, 22 Jump Street's supposed to be good. Uh, Jupiter Ascending, yeah, well. He's just, he's been doing good stuff. I mean, <clears throat> every time he's in a movie, he's he's just performing well. Like, I, none of the movies since then can I blame on him. Even on his forehead, I don't think they were his fault. I think it's just, that's what happened. I mean, it's a far cry from uh, Step Up 2 to uh, coming in and being good in something like Logan Lucky. So, very much enjoy it. Um... Really, really enjoyed uh, Adam Driver, who plays uh, his brother, uh, who we all know from uh, Kylo Ren from the Star Wars movies. Um, man, he, he performed a hell of a thing, too, which is very impressive. I wasn't sure what kind of acting chops he had. Uh, he did okay in that, but uh, man, been really impressed with him. Um, and then, of course, uh, 007. Why is my brain stopping? Why can I not say his name? Here's Daniel Craig. Jesus Christ. Sometimes I feel like I'm getting old and I can't remember anyone's fucking name. But Daniel Craig, great too. I mean, he's been great in almost everything I've seen him in. I mean, okay, to be fair, I saw him in uh, the first Tomb Raider recently. That wasn't his fault. He was okay in that even. He was enjoyable in that. He even did a pretty good uh, American uh, American accent. Does a, a solid... He, does an English accent in this, uh, or I guess he's not really an English accent, but it, it, it's this weird English Southern accent. He's not quite 
perfect on the southern accent, but he's it doesn't take you out of the movie, so that's good enough. And uh, very much enjoy the crap out of it. Uh, got lots of good parts. Just when you think it's going to be, you know, end poorly, it ends very well. Um, even so much as having a slightly unsure ending with the FBI agent showing up in the bar afterwards, but it feels like it's still going to end pretty well. I mean, she can't really investigate anymore, so. <clears throat> and uh, there you go. Uh, good movie. Uh, I suggest watching it. Check it out. Uh, again, thank you for staying through the spoiler part. A little bonus there. Um, I'll catch you all next time. Ron! <laughs>